E-S-N-Y. production recording on february 12th it's a friday tgif uh recording a little past 5 p.m rolling as always with my co-host chip murphy chip what's going on man how you doing i'm really good man how are you doing good doing good we were talking a little bit offline uh just got the first dose of the covid19 vaccine feeling a little tired but um very pumped to be talking hoops um, doing the pod as always. And uh, I think it's quite possible the last time we had this guest on, it was also a Friday night Knicks game. Um, so, you know, this could be something in the making, maybe a little, maybe a little future segment. Um, but the Knicks are playing the Washington Wizards tonight, Sands, Bradley Beal, to help us break down a little bit of the news in Knicks land, as well as the fantastic article this man just wrote for the Strickland. We have Strickland contributor Colin Loring. Colin, what's going on, man? How you doing, bud? Yo, yo, yo. It's another day in paradise. Uh, if it is something in the making, don't expect that my availability is going to change when COVID's over. It's a greater <laughs> testament to my my social life, if anything. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's no worries at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's no secret, you know, that the Knicks have Derrick Rose now on, on his uh, second go around in orange and blue. Uh, we were able to break that down a little bit with our, our guy, JB. Um, but we wanted to start here tonight with um, your newest article for the Strickland, a great article about Obi Toppin's minutes. As you know, you know, I was a big Obi guy coming out of the draft. Um, I'm seeing him getting 11, 12 minutes a night. There's a part of it that is difficult for me to take. At the same time, I understand he, he looks like a fish out of water most of the times that he's on the court because of that. Um, he's not going to be getting the amount of playing time that, um, you know, we, most people, or maybe some would like to see for the number eight pick in the draft, but, um, Colin, just, just kind of set the stage for you a little bit, but kind of just give us a little, uh, peek behind the curtain in terms of, you know, your process and writing that article and, and why you felt it was important to kind of talk about that subject. Yeah, it's, uh. Honestly, I think the way that it popped into my head was uh, I was thinking back to, you know, the website that we all wrote at Elite Sports New York. Uh, think about some of the work that I've done. And there were so many pieces where I was defending, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox. You know, I wrote something on Knox, you know, recently before he got pulled from the rotation. And I mean, those articles would do great, and they were they were popular with people and whatnot, and everybody kind of had the same vibe where it was, oh, man, we're getting 12 games. Just give the kids time, you know. And for some reason, uh, our mutuals, our peers of Knicks fandom, have refused to express the same sentiments towards our dear friend Obi. Um, I forgot, honestly, it, it missed me that you had uh, been such an advocate of his, and I told you I was going to check you on that. And uh, – it's not time yet, though. And for me, 
not wanting to, you know, check you, you know, in a, uh, a friendly manner of sorts, uh, that should mean a lot, you know, to the patience that I think uh, is required here. Uh, it's not like Frank and it's not like Kev. It's not even like Kristaps. Uh, uh, he just hasn't had the time on the floor to properly even demonstrate at a base level what he can do on the basketball floor. He hasn't had the right personnel around him. Not that they need to build around OB or anything of that nature, but I think that the lineups that Tibbs has used a lot of the times haven't been pro OB. Uh, I was a big Rivers guy coming into this season. He's habitually uh, turned OB down, uh, leaving him open in the wing or under the basket uh, and opting for, you know, an Austin Rivers special. Uh, it's not against the Utah Jazz, obviously. It resulted in a miss. Uh, but, no, I thought that the, the thing that I love about writing, and and God bless the people at the Strickland, they give me a platform for my nonsense, is just being able to kind of address things like this on that kind of platform. And it's like, hey, uh, we're starting to sound like some spoiled brats. You know what I mean? And it's, oh, we got to get Obi out of here. And people are talking about including him in, in trade packages and Oh, he's, he was a bust. He's played 16 games. He hasn't played 200 minutes on the NBA floor and people are rushing to judgment already. Um, In a year where we have a new head coach, mind you, and Julius Randle has magically come out of his cocoon an NBA all-star. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the base of it. It's just, it is frustrating to a degree. Uh, Toppin has barely played Uh, the last it's in my piece and I'm not going to give away all my nuggets, but the last, uh, New York Knicks lottery pick to play less than 13 minutes a game, I think is the number I put through uh stat head was Jordan Hill. And uh, I mean, for that to be the case, obviously I don't call for uh, comparisons to Jordan Hill, but I think that should be a mark on, you know, just the rarity of the circumstance that we have right now. Uh, Toppin's three point shot is there and we've seen that. And you know, his baseline moves haven't been incredibly encouraging, but I've seen the stuff that I've seen the most that I like the most has been when the offense was in rhythm. And that's why I kind of feel good about his future because right now we're one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA. Uh, Defense is always going to be a question mark for rookies coming in, but right now for him, he needs to be in that rhythm. It's the same thing with Knox, right? When Knox can get down the floor and find himself his spot on the three point line, more times than not, he's going to knock it in. But if you're asking him to, you know, do some ISO crap and, and create his own shot, even if it is behind the three-point line, more times than not, he's going to miss it. These guys, they're so young and they're so raw, they benefit from the rhythm and the cohesiveness of an NBA offense. And when you don't have that, it just puts everything else center stage. And I think that's what people are forgetting. Uh, I'm really excited. I think that Derek is going to really – do some good things for him, uh, particularly in the pick and roll. And obviously I get into all this in my piece, but you know, all this to say, just any, any idea you think you may have, I don't care who you are. This even Obi Toppin, I don't care what idea you have about yourself, sir. It is too soon to establish even a thought about what your potential is, what your floor is, what your status is as an NBA talent. That's I'm willing to go that far. That's that's how far away we are, in my opinion, from actually forming an opinion. It's just it's well off base. Give me half the season. Give me uh, the whole season. You know, if he's going to be averaging you know 12 minutes a game, 
we're going to need a larger sampler size. I mean, I, I think that's super fair. Chip, Chip, how do you see kind of OB uh, thus far and, and maybe some of the criticisms around his game as well? I think a lot of the OB criticism is just people looking for shit to complain about because the Knicks are actually good for once and there's not a lot to complain about. And OB Toppin is something that like low hanging fruit because, you know, he's Colin said he's only averaging like what, 12 minutes a game and he isn't really in the game for, so there's not a lot of positive things to say about him because he isn't really in the game to do a lot of positive things. So he's, low-hanging fruit for the negative fans to knock on him. And look, I think it's also Emmanuel Quickly's looks so good, so quick, so no pun intended quickly. And that he had, he has that going against him too. And when he came out in the draft, there were so many people saying he's the most polished offensive prospect and he could win rookie of the year. And I think that was probably a little overblown because he doesn't really look like he's going to be that, great score so quickly like he was and i i also think like i said i think a lot of it has to do with people are just looking for something to complain about right now and w- what else is there to complain about except quickly not being the starting point guard so i, I think yeah. he's i'm not, i agree with colin though like i'm not at all worried about obi Toppin right now it's way too early shameless plug obviously uh, my next words are going to be on thibodeau and what he is as a head coach but his rotations, too, the two pieces where you have a, a rookie who needs the time and Tibbs is going to run the rotation that gets the best result, those are going to butt heads, you know, every day of the week. All season. When Toppin had the calf strain, they went 5-5 five and five in 10 games, which is miraculous for, for the Knicks. So, obviously, when he came back, Dibs was just going to just give, uh, you know, like uh, he wasn't going to give him Noel's minutes. He wasn't going to even give him Knox's minutes at that point, which maybe uh, he has surpassed him, obviously, at some point in rotation. But it just – we're trying to win now while simultaneously developing. You can't have both at a high level. Top in, the top in criticism doesn't have as much to do with him as much as it has to do with other guys, I think. Like Quickly's performance, the way Halliburton's looked, it's not really about him. I mean, in my opinion, like it's he hasn't even been on the floor. What can you really knock him about? I think I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's so interesting because um, something that we had, uh, we, we, we did a podcast uh, last night with with Stephen Cameron from Close Up Magic. And you know, something he said to me about the way that, um, you know, uh, Steve Clifford runs his team kind of rings true here with with Tibbs he said that Clifford when he's developing young guys he's the type of guy that is only going to give you a small amount of responsibility at first and he's going to wait until you can master that and then he's going to give you something else to do and I really feel like Tibbs is taking that approach with Toppin like it's very clear to me that when he's out on the floor he's told to expend energy run around a lot um, you know, maybe, maybe he's running around a lot because he's trying to create the fast break because the team, the team is dead last in transition and pace. Um, and you know, I actually like what I've seen from him on defense. And I don't know that, uh, a lot of people would agree. There's been some rough moments with, and with any rookie there will be, but 
he's been switched out on some guys that are smaller than him. And again, you can see that Obi has a plan in terms of like what they're teaching him to do. And I think his weak side help has been okay here and there as well. Um, so I think like Tibbs is really bringing him along slowly. He clearly wants the ball. He clearly wants to do more. I don't think he's scared of the moment. Um, so, you know, I think as, as soon as he kind of <clears throat> masters and improves here and there, the, the certain things Tib, Tibbs wants him to focus on right now, then, then I think the rest of it is going to come along. Um, but we'll see. You know, it, it's, it's, it's tough to tell. I, I, listen, for our number eight pick in the draft, I'm not thrilled. Right. Like, you know, for for someone who is billed as as the most NBA ready player. And I know, Colin, you mentioned this in your piece as well. I'm not thrilled with what I've seen. But uh, like you said, I I think developing any type of um, negative opinion that you feel is is certain at this point in the game is is extremely, um, you know, it's, it's too early for that at this point. Yeah, I think there's a positional question, too. How many times did we fucking bitch about Kevin Knox when Mike Miller and Fizdale were running him out at the two position? It's the same thing with Toppin. As of uh, – when did we play the Heat? Today's Friday. Was it Tuesday? No, Monday. Yeah. He had recorded two possessions as the five on the floor. And it's – I think it's pretty clear that that's what he needs to be doing or at least doing more of and right now there's just we can't allocate for it because of the circumstance yeah i but the interesting thing too honestly even if to your point colin i i don't i actually don't think he'll he'll start seeing a lot of minutes at the five um unless somebody else is is traded or whether it's noel or some someone like that just because i i i, I don't necessarily see that i i, I think tibbs when they signed Noel, it, it was deemed as a pretty good signing because it's like, okay, now, now your 48 minutes of rim protection is kind of set in stone with Robinson and Noel. We know watching the games, and this is not a slight to Obi, he's not ready to kind of take on that role. Um, and I think – I honestly only think that would happen. I only think he's going to play the five if two things happen. Noel gets traded. Or they really start to, as an organization, prioritize development over winning. And I don't, you know, I don't see either of those two things happening this season. Um, but who knows? Maybe that could change. I'd, I'd appreciate it being the Noel trade. This is becoming somewhat of a trademark statement for me. I've said it in a number of different platforms, a number of different podcasts. Every time this guy gets on the floor, it literally looks like he's wearing a new pair of hands. Because he just doesn't know what to do with them. Nah, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's like you're telling me, number one, that's also why I advocate for Taj so much because now that we have Rose as well, I mean, Taj is going to catch the ball in the post. You know what I mean? He's, he could shoot a little bit too. He could shoot a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's not a rim protector, but defensively he's definitely got a better IQ. That is the thing. If if Noel were to get traded, though, Obi wouldn't get the five minutes. Taj would get the five minutes. That's a good play. point too, Chip. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't think of that as well. Yeah. I mean, and that's also Tibbs' MO. Like, and, and I agree, like to Colin's point, like the balancing this development and winning is you can't do both at a high level. Right. Um, but you know, that's another good point. Even if Noel gets traded, 
I think those minutes will go to Taj, man. Like Tibbs has proven that he trusts those vets, unless your name is R.J. Barrett or Emmanuel Quickly. He trusts those not, not even R.J. I mean, that man has been M.I.A. AWOL in the fourth quarter lately. <laughs> Tibbs trusts the guys who on play defense. Nights. Tibbs right. trusts the guy who played defense. The guys who play defense, yeah. I mean, that's the only reason that Reggie Bullock is, is kept being, you know, thrown out in the starting lineup when he was bricking open shots. You know, for I don't know how many games it was. I mean, he looked he looked legitimately bad on our team for at least a six or eight game stretch. And Tibbs kept kept throwing him out there, but he's a good defender, Bullock. You have to give him that. Oh, he yeah. is a good defender. He is yeah, and somehow Peyton conned people into thinking he's a good defender. I don't know how that happened. Chip, is he a bad defender? Peyton? Yes. The answer is no. I'm going to help you out, but that doesn't Jeff, mean he's a good defender. We- we had Steve, Jeff just said we had Steven Cameron on here, our magic guy, and he was talking about how Peyton was a turnstile on defense. But here's uh, he, the thing. I, you know what's funny, man? Like, are I, you saying that the guy of the team that he used to play for doesn't he's a like him? No, he's a fan of Alfred Peyton. No, that's and he was even saying, yeah. He said he likes him, but yeah. that when he was younger, you know, he, he I, I forget how old he was when he was drafted. I don't think he was super old. Maybe it was 2021, 20, but, um, yeah, he said he was rough on defense when he was when he was younger, uh, and I don't know. It, it's tough for me to, because I know the Knicks narrative, the Knicks Twitter narrative is that he's a terrible defender, um, but has the reputation of being a good defender. But Chip, the only other thing I would I would want us to think about, if Tibbs is saying he's a good defender. I, does that make you think differently? Like, I don't, I, I don't think he's lying Tibbs to us. Tibbs isn't saying he's a good defender, is it? Is he? No, he's definitely in post games. I've definitely seen him say he's not. He doesn't say he's a good defender. He says I like the way he defends. And because when he's when he's actually inclined to defend, I guess or not inclined. What's he supposed but he, to say? What's he supposed to say? Well, no, but it's Tibbs. Tibbs. I don't think you really need to ask what is he supposed to say. I feel like he always says what he wants to say. Nine no, times he, out of I ten, Tibbs, I think Tibbs. No, he speaks in a lot of coach speak. Like when he says, "Oh, Austin Rivers is situational now." That means he's on the fucking. That's bench. fine, but we're yeah. talking about a guy that's starting and playing 22, 23 minutes a game. You're that's different now. Yeah, that's different than talking about a guy who's not going to be playing anymore. Like, obviously, politic-wise, you have to do coach speak. But when you're talking about a guy that's actually on the floor, whether or not we're campaigning for, you know, quickly to usurp him as the starring point guard outside the gates of Madison Square Garden or not. Yeah, but exactly. Tibbs is aware of that situation. He knows that uh, quickly is on Peyton's ass, and he knows that— Do you think Tibbs is on social media? No, but he no not aware of that situation. Not not aware of that I would situation. Be, I'll be very interested to see him navigate social <laughs> I want, media. I want, He's I, aware of quickly out pe- playing Elbert. I anticipate Payton. he would have like reading glasses. <laughs> it's burner though. I want the tip. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you know what though? But here's the thing. It, 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 but if but if Alfred Payton was as bad as at defense as Nick's Twitter thinks he is. But a bingo. Would, would Tibbs really be starting him? That's that's honestly something. And I know we listen. I, I love Shulman. We had him on the pod, and I know he said, "Listen, don't appeal to this guy's authority." But like, there is a part of me that's kind of like, what? Like, who's that? Schwinn said that. Yeah, yeah. But but shouts to Schwinn, man. He's irrational. <laughs> from my, from my but no, 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 I do. I think wish he was I, here because he'd be on my side for this. I feel no, like. no, but I, I'm, I'm honestly, listen. I hate to to straddle the fence here, but I'm, I'm doing that in a sense. But my thing is this: 
I know that he's not as good of a defender as MSG Networks wants you to believe. Oh, God, they're the worst. That's the truth. And well, Chip the, and I were the truth is often that. in the middle. Yes or no? I know. Well, yeah, but 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 here's the thing, man. Like, I just feel like sometimes people talk about him like like he he shouldn't be on an NBA court, and it's like you know that's, that's a stretch. Right. But yeah, it's also he's obviously an NBA player. He's, he's just not all wrong, NBA defense either. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just the wrong NBA player for this I, team. I know, and I agree with that too. But let's. I guess that was that was a poor statement to make because it was kind of like an extreme one. But what? Here's the thing. When we played Portland and the first time when we got rocked, yo, I saw him pick Damian Lillard's pockets twice and like literally stood him still. And I just don't think a, a bad defender can do that. Like I, I don't, and you know, it's defending, a matter of engagement. Defending That's literally defending, all it is. Being a point guard and defending the point guard position is, is by far the hardest in the NBA. And I, you know, again, I, I don't, I don't like Alfred Payton, so I don't want to defend him so much, but I do think that – I don't know. It, there's there's an argument I'm trying to make here that is a little bit trust Tibbs, but I just feel like if it was if he was that bad and it was that obvious and people are coming to him with the numbers, like, listen, our net rating with Elf is like – it's just terrible compared to everybody else. And, and he still continued to put him out there. You know, it would be tough. I, I would I would have to question some things, but – I think people are going to Tibbs with net ratings. Well, they better. Saying, Man, listen, the, the analytics <laughs> that we hired over the summer, they better be talking to him. That's a conversation that we've had with multiple people on this podcast. The che- the system of checks and balances that is hopefully within that organization. I know Leon Rose said in the summer, he said, listen, Tibbs is going to run this team. He's the coach. He's going to run this team the way he sees fit. But at some point, whether it's the 30-game mark, the 50-game mark, they better be meeting as a group and reviewing trends and shit like that. They have access to a lot more numbers than we do on Synergy and Basketball Reference, so they better be utilizing some of that information. I just don't know if if Peyton is really as bad as we think. And I don't think he's as good as I'm trying to say he is, but to uh, say that he doesn't offer anything on that end of the basketball, I think is just ignorant. But does he offer enough to start him over Emmanuel quickly? That's the question. What is it that you think Emmanuel quickly does on defense? I'm curious. Like he's had some good moments, but I'm asking. I'm not talking about Emmanuel quickly's defense. I'm I'm saying I think he offers more overall than Alfred Payton. I think I think well, he's certainly a better shooter, obviously, and playing him next to somebody like Bullock. I mean, that's going to be a nice blend. And I've been campaigning. I want quickly to get more minutes next to Bullock in the backcourt. I think that would be really good. Jeff, what? No, I think what Chip is saying, and Chip, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're saying that the gap between his offense and Peyton's offense is bigger enough to justify the gap between Peyton's defense. And just that Peyton, quickly. yeah, it's quickly. just that Peyton can't shoot. Yeah, we've seen it all. Peyton can't shoot, and Quickly's a shooter. What, what is this team doing incredibly well this season, Chip? Defending. Playing defense. Yes, obviously. Right. So. Is it really this much of a shock that Tibbs is choosing the defensive guard? Of course not. Who can't shoot. Not. But that's another. He's that's always another, going to choose the defensive That's also player. why Frank Nilakina is not playing. Too. But isn't that also. Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. No, 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 it's fine. It, it, that's also why Nilakina is not playing because we don't need, we don't need that elite perimeter defender right now. And I know that sounds stupid because you always need him, but he's maybe that's another reason we traded for Rose. They're trying to focus on how to fix the offense, but I mean, it's hard. And why, why would you create the need by pulling Elf from the starting lineup? Like, 
Create the need for what? The defense. Why would you create a need for Jeff is saying that we don't need Frank right now. We don't need his defense. Obviously we don't. We're in my mind, the best defense in the NBA. <laughs> Why would you put quickly in and subject yourself so you think if you replace Alfred with quickly in the starting line, they get line, worse this, defensively? Yeah. No, absolutely. no, no. This you think it's going to suffer that much defensively? Have you seen the kid? He weighs like 120 pounds. He's skin and bones. I don't think it's going. I don't think it would be that. Look, bad. he's had that, nice moments, but when you're talking about a guy who has played, has has he played? He hasn't missed any games, right? But I know he had a couple inactives. Winning, uh, I think. Say, say he plays like 18 games, right? 20 games. We've played 26. It's probably 21. But we're talking about the difference between a guy who has played 20 games in the NBA. How many guys do you think he's played in that 20 games? Considering the fact that we're doing the baseball series style, right? Elf is a guy who has played how many seasons now against how many different guys, against how many different point guards. When you're talking about the difference here, I think the goal is to find shooting elsewhere in the starting lineup for now and let Peyton and Mitch continue to sustain the defense. Those two guys alone keep you above water. Then you have guys like Bullock and Randall has been inspiring on defense this year. I I'm all for starting Emmanuel quickly. And I definitely don't want anybody to listen to this and take away that I'm pro elf, but along with Jeff, I just want to make sure we're quantifying accurately what he does and doesn't do on the NBA floor. Like he is at his worst, an average NBA defender. I'll just say I've seen almost 800 possessions of the New York Knicks starting lineup. It's the most commonly used five man lineup in the NBA. Shout out and to I've enough. I've seen enough of it. <laughs> I've seen enough of it. Uh, They're cleaning the glass. They're, uh, points per 100 possessions is 104.8. That's in the 28th percentile. They have a negative efficiency differential. Like you said, their defense is good. But it's not great yet. It gets 105.1. Like 105.1 isn't great, Chip. It's 65th percentile. It's look. It's it's good. Yeah, but well, I feel yeah. like look. There's look. You take look. We could have this argument forever. I don't want to talk about Alfred Payton. I'm I don't ready. want to talk about Alfred Payton for the next <laughs> fucking half hour and bore everyone and make yeah. them turn off the podcast. But <laughs> I just, Chip, I just, like I said, when quickly does start and it is inevitable if he keeps playing the way he is. If I see one tweet, one text, one direct message from you about some point guard going off on the Knicks, I swear to God, Why I'm going to find wherever that? it is you are. And we are going to have a discussion, sir. That's not at all who I am. So. I don't, I don't like that you tried to imply that. Well, well let me um, – there was one thing I was going to try and throw in there with the lineup. Um, God damn it. I hate when I forget this shit. Um, I think it was something about the lineup and how often it's, it's being used. Whatever. Maybe we'll come back to it. Uh, but let's switch, back to gear, let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's go to the Derrick Rose trade. Um. There's only one thing I want to say about the Derrick Rose trade. I, I like it. I, I'm, I'm not going to go too deep into this whole, the second round pick, what we gave up for it. Um, if the Knicks are looking to resign him in the off season. Uh, there's only one thing that worries me about Derrick Rose and Chip uh, wrote very wonderfully about it. 
uh, in his in his last piece. It, it, it's I second it's, that. It's going to be how is he going to be used? Um, is is Derrick Rose going to be playing major minutes, or is he going to be getting the eighteen to twenty minutes that he should be getting off two knee surgeries and God knows how many miles on on his NBA legs? Uh, the other thing is this. So I love being a Knicks fan and I love being on Knicks Twitter. Um, I, I remember when Derrick Rose came to us the first time, how excited we were when we, when we watched him play, man. Like this guy got to the, the rim at will. Everyone was worried about, oh, does he still have it? This guy was nasty. But that changed. And that's why Rose's role here and the way Tibbs uses him is very important because just as much as just as easily as we fell in love with D Rose slicing, you know, going into the paint, finishing, you know, hitting a couple threes here and there, some, some step back jumpers. We quickly fell out of love when it was, you know, contested mid range jumper here you know, uh, missing the open pass there, driving into people there. So I just, it's tough. Like, I almost want to caution people a little bit. Like, we need to make sure that um, Rose's minutes stay within reason here uh, because I think it could get ugly if, if otherwise. Just side note, Derek Rose's second game will come against the Washington Wizards. Sure, whatever. Their starters tonight have been announced. Russell Westbrook, Garrison Matthews, Davis Bertans, Rui Achimura, and Alex Len. Someone quote tweeted that with a picture of barbecue chicken. And I, <laughs> I want to second that. If we do not score, I mean, anything less than 100 is inexcusable. Dude, we need 120 tonight. I need, I need a, we I need, need it. One, I need 120. Okay. Obi Toppin's got a, Obi Toppin needs double digits tonight. All right. I, I, I need that. Yeah, I need that. 120 points, please. And Rose is going to play a part in that, which is all part of my plan to segue into discussion. Uh, he could still score. It's not as pretty as it used to be, and it's it's going to be a little bit more refined, I think, than it was before the first time around. Uh, I think, huh? He scores easily. I I do think he does, and the inside of my head is an everlasting battle between the pessimist and the realist of what I'm seeing on the floor. And I just, my first thought when he came out and everything looked great was like, okay, he rested three games and obviously he wants to make an impression. And it's, is this going to be something that makes a reoccurring appearance or is it going to be this once every seven or eight games? You know, I do think that it is a sustainable play style with the lineups that Tibbs was running specifically. Uh, the trio of Rose, Quickly, and Burks, I think that's a really good thing. And I think it makes a lot of sense. And if Rose, it honestly, his speed, his athleticism, at this point doesn't even matter because with Burks and Quickly on the floor, Quickly we saw was getting doubled against Miami. And it was just open fucking house for Derrick Rose to score. Those first couple minutes when they came out and they were playing with that second unit, Derek, that was some inspiring <laughs> shit. Like, if you weren't smiling, like, check your wallet for your fan card because it might not be there anymore. Like, that shit was – it just – it was joy on the fucking basketball floor. 
they were getting out in transition and hitting pretty buckets, moving the ball. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., second round pick, whatever. I paid more for that for my fucking sandwich today at lunch. Like, <laughs> I like that. Who cares? Like, it's a right now need. And if that's the cost to, you know, add something to your firepower midseason, I think I'm paying that every day of the week. Rose is a former MVP. I think he was, he had a good rapport with Killian. I think he's going to have an even better rapport with quickly. Uh, he seems jazzed up about playing with the kid. I think the kid's jazzed up about playing with him. Uh, five stars in my book. I'm not worried about anything. No, I'm not worried about anything right now. Yeah, I mean, he put, Tibbs played him 20 minutes in the first game. And, like, that's his that's his uh, premier role, I think, right now. He's – like, I, I appreciate you guys saying that about what I wrote. And uh, Casey – like, I wrote in there – Casey had him on a minutes restriction at the beginning of the season. And it was, it's a smart move to do. And I think having him at like, I don't know if Tibbs will keep him at 20 minutes, but capping off at like 25 minutes a game, maybe 28 tops is the way to go with a guy with Rose's injury history and his age. Like he's not a guy who can go out there and play 35 minutes every single night. I think that's not just doing like a disservice to Emmanuel quickly. That's, hurting Derek Rose that's hurting his future in the NBA so that would be the wrong way to go and I don't because Tibbs likes Derek Rose and cares about Derek Rose so much I don't think he's going to do that thinking about it like that's fair I think he knows what D Rose is now and I think he knows to optimize the best version of D Rose is to play him 20 to 25 minutes. And if we get that guy, and I look, he played 20 minutes and scored, what, 14 points and shot the ball very efficiently. Obviously, no one's going to do that every single night, shoot, uh, make 56% of their shots every single night. He's not going to do that. But look, Derek, like Colin said, when you can get him at such a small price, get uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who was in the G League, and uh, second round pick that they weren't was he use. was he in the G League? Well, he was on his way there. I'm not sure I buy into the conspiracy, man. Oh, you knew they were. You think they knew they were trading him when they sent him down there? Oh, I think he asked to go, and they were like, "Oh yeah, sure." At least this way we don't have to look at you on the day. Uh, <laughs> They've been trying to pull off that trade for a while. I think. Yeah, you see, Dwayne Casey went on the radio and said Rose has been trying to get there. That's that was his. First oh yeah, place. I yeah. promise you. The second Tibbs got hired, yeah. it was. He sat down with Rose and he said, how can we get Rose here? That's Leon and Derek, just to specify. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And Rose, <laughs> D. Rose said he's he's knows World Wide West, too. So it's all, yeah, I read it that makes sense well, that yeah. he's there. Yeah. No, it makes I a mean, lot of sense. I mean, if it goes well, yeah. If it, if it goes well, it makes sense to sign him to like a, a short-term deal to come back to. If you said, like you mentioned with Obi, if it, the team is so fucking slow because of Alfred Payton plays at a half court pace. If D Rose can pick him up and play well with Obi and Colin smiling. Cause he, you know, it's cause I just insulted Alfred Payton again, but if D Rose can play well with Obi Toppin and play a faster pace, that's huge for them. And he, obviously the uh, rapport with Emmanuel quickly and top and seems to already be there, but yeah, that's the thing we didn't account for. Everybody panicked when they first got D Rose, but we didn't account for the fact that, oh, maybe he might be a good influence on the two rookies. 
Well, I he was Jeff, that, Yeah, just real quick on that uh front, I loved what he said. You know, we I, I love with the Knicks when a, a dinner after a trade gets publicized, right? But what we heard about uh that dinner between the rookies and I don't know if it was a team dinner or or if it was just OBIQ and Derek, but Derek said to them, he said, Listen, I'm not coming here trying to take over anything. He said, when I pass you the ball, take it. He said, don't look for me. Do your own thing. And he said, I'm going to do the same thing. And he said, you know, let's play off each other that way. So, I mean, you got to love that when a guy who has so much, you know, clout that Derrick Rose has comes into a new team, um, acclimates himself that way. He wants to give the young guys confidence. He wants them to be the best versions of themselves. And listen, man, I know it's a real simple pick and roll pass that that he executed, but I loved him hitting Obi on that roll when he dunked it. And you could I'm tell telling you that shit is going to become a regular highlight. I really Rose was in the top percentiles last season as a pick and roll handler. Like he and Obi, fingers crossed, I think they are going to wreck shit on opposing second units. Top ten in three point assists and corner three assists too. With uh, Langston no Galloway, with Langston uh, Galloway, yeah, shots to Lang, yeah. What's a Nick? Always a Nick. Very, uh, very nice stat there. Uh, well, it's like I just got up, and I'm sure you guys were like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" No, I just got up. I wanted to see. I read Rose's autobiography, like a month ago, maybe. And it's just funny to hear him talk about the Knicks now and being like, yeah, I know what I have to do. Like, and the kids are here yeah. and I'm going to mentor them and they're having dinner and we've, you know, got each other Snapchats and we're going to send emoticons and shit. Like in his book, <laughs> the attitude was a lot different. <laughs> he was like, yeah, we sucked. Like talking about the Knicks, like when he was wow. here before, like dude did not hold back. He was just like, yeah, I know I said super team and shit, but like 12 games in, it was just pretty clear, you know, we sucked. <laughs> I, it's, it's interesting for me to see the like the double side of it and, and kind of to see him come in and like be super amped up about doing things now and I think it's a greater testament to the humbling you know experience that he had to go through because we were his first home outside of Chicago and to him you know not being his his MVP self you know in a large part was almost a conspiracy against him you know in his mind and he still thought that he could be that guy and they did have playoff appearances, you know, after his ACL tear. And they had a lot of winning seasons, you know, with Tibbs at the helm. And you know, he went to Cleveland, and that was a train wreck. And then he was on the Utah Jazz for as long as Carmelo Anthony was on the Atlanta Hawks. And then he was back that. on that. Wow. Yeah, he was on the Timberwolves, uh, you know, obviously with Tibbs. And he was okay, you know, being benched behind uh, Jeff Teague, who was actually not the worst player in basketball that year. Uh, and then he got to play in Detroit where he was like, you know what? I just like being on a shitty team because I just get to do what I do, which is <laughs> spelled backwards. Uh, it's – I hope he does right. I hope he makes right because it'll be a good story uh, when I'm making – you know, when I have my wife cooking dinner for all nine of our children that we will have. She's looking at me real funny. <laughs> um, and I'm telling her – baby, baby, it's Rose. You remember him, right? Like, and I'm telling her like, oh, like he came in and he was a complete dickhead. And then he came back and, you know, we won a championship the next season and it was crazy. Like the garden will embrace him. There's I'm no telling you, it will be that. a good story if he makes good on his word. It's, it's an opportunity for him, I think. 
more than anything. It's totally different with Jeff Hornacek and Tom Thibodeau, obviously. Yeah. yeah. It's just, just totally I mean, look, different situation. You have to downgrade a head coach inevitably. Like, yeah. <laughs> obviously, you know, Derek's going to ask about the triangle, you know, in practice. Oh, God. This is going to be like suicides. He's going to be like, oh, wait, no, you only have like a half an ACL. Never mind. Just take some, take a timeout. He's going to be like, so the first action is I just pass it to the shooting guard on, on, on the left side, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then run, then run, run to the opposite corner. It's like, no, you have Derrick Rose on this team. We want you to break someone's ankles. That's what we, what we want you to do. I was waiting for Berman to ask him about the triangle. I thought he would absolutely I, ask him. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. I was waiting for the triangle question, too. <laughs> quick, quick Berman thing. Dude, I, I love Berman. This guy, this guy literally attends every single post game. Like, did you see that he was at Dennis Smith Jr.'s? Uh, yeah, I saw he, that. Yeah, yeah. Kristaps yeah. so too in Dallas. So <laughs> How so much funny. do you think Kristaps fucking hated seeing no, him? It was like, the greatest thing ever because I, I wish I would have recorded it because he's sitting at this big table and he's got this shitty eating grin on his face and he's got uh, Giannis and everybody, Carlisle, Mark, and he's sitting there. The, 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 the media is fawning over him and he's got his suit and all of a sudden, it's like he looks in the back, and it's like, "Oh, next question, uh, Mark Berman in the New York Post," and 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 like he has, he's like, "Hi, Mark." <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so funny, man. Like I, Berman, I respect Berman all day for that. Like that is hilarious Look, that he would go to these guys. Uh, Mark Berman is the definition of respect the hustle. Yes, that's the way yeah. I see it. You yeah. have to respect the hustle. hundred percent. He's he just he's, tweeted he's, a picture of Kevin Knox. He goes, Kevin Knox getting up a lot of shots pregame at Capital One. Wow. Hasn't played in February. Respect course, the hustle. Of course he added that in. <laughs> he had to add in that last part. He's <laughs> the game go a whole bunch of different ways, but he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows when he writes an article. The title, the heading, he's like, oh, man, like Nick's Twitter is going to eat this up. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know that question where it's like, would you rather have $300 million or dinner with Jay-Z? I, no one has ever asked me that question, but I – It's a thing million. that was on Twitter for a while, and they My were like, they were like, what? You wouldn't have dinner with Jay-Z? Like, you're crazy. It's like, no, no, like I would take the $300 million. But <laughs> if it was $300 million or dinner with Mark Berman, I would definitely have dinner with Berman over that, that's million. Right. Dollars. I think we would. I think we would. I think all. that's going to be the title of this podcast. Would you rather have three hundred million dollars <laughs> or, dinner with, or dinner with Mark Berman? I mean, I would. I would challenge any devoted Knicks fan out there to seriously sit down and potentially take some hallucinogenics and then ask yourself that question. <laughs> that's a. Uh, everybody needs to know that answer. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm pretty down with that. Um, How do we feel about tonight's matchup? We got the Wizards. We got the we got one fourth, one third of the Wizards. All yeah. I want to see is this. I just want to see Obi Toppin get twenty minutes of play. I want to see him hit two threes, some ferocious dunks, um, play well. I, I, I just want to see him improve, and I want to see Derrick Rose wreck shit as well. And and okay, uh, so Jeff was the kid who sat left. on Santa's lap and he asked for a pony. <laughs> That's did. what I'm getting from I this. Did. <laughs> but hold on one more thing i also want and this is also part of my christmas list um we haven't seen a like a like a banger game from randall in a while i want a 30 15 and 7 tonight like i that's what i need from him tonight okay so you get to pick one <laughs> now pick all right i want topping yeah for topping 
I'm with it. Chip, I wanted to see future Nick Bradley Beal in this game. Wow. I really do want to see him. <laughs> you want Beal? On the... Never mind. Let's no, just... no, no. I'm just a okay. joke. Relax. Okay. It's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Even the most lunacy I have to take is somewhat serious when I'm talking to Chip. <laughs> no, I'm just watch. Wrong, hey, but... Jeff, watch the article drop tomorrow at Hoops Have It. Why the Knicks should trade for Bradley Beal. Watch. <laughs> maybe, it's maybe going, now. bro. Maybe it's now. going. <laughs> maybe it may be in draft right now. Um, yeah. Colin, how about for tonight? What are you most looking forward to? Woo. I tell you what, I love tweeting at the Strickland. I love doing that. Shouts to Strickland. To, uh, yeah, to, I have to say, uh, you guys, you you always handle your social media business extremely well. I can yeah, never in tell the, if it's on, but uh, right. always, it's typically always- a combination of me, Fredo, Alex, uh, sometimes JB's in there with the clips. Yeah. That's usually the four-man rotation. Uh, but you know, in, in the wise words of my favorite rap artist, Russ, we're doing units. We're doing like, units. Our shit is blowing up, bro. Hit us up. Follow me on Twitter. Follow the Strickland on Twitter. Uh, I'm looking forward. Oh, man. What am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Denny having a quiet night because I really wasn't the happiest when we passed on him. Uh, I'm hopefully looking forward to, you know, Rui Achimura continuing my uh, prophecy that he is the next Kawhi Leonard. Uh, On the Knicks side of things, I do have to agree. It's like we get out of every game, and sometimes I'll drop a comment on Macri or, or our friend uh, Chris, and they just get out, and it's like, oh, well, you know, the Knicks played well. What do you get? It's, it's the Knicks. Like, we lost the game. Like, no. I want to see Julius Randle have a monster fucking game because he's an NBA all-star. I don't want it to be he had a good game considering that we lost by 15. I don't want it to be, you know, he had a good game considering everybody else shot over, you know, 47 from three besides him. Like, I want it to be the Julius Randle game. He's set up to do it. Alex Len, love him. That's a Maryland dude. Shout out to UM. But he is about to get burnt tonight. I, uh, I think that's a good place for us to leave it and wrap up. Um, I know we're all pumped for this game. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much hoping that the Knicks put an absolute hurting on the Wizards tonight. Uh, Colin, the man, the myth, the legend, let, us, let, uh, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, when your next article is coming out for the Strickland, anything you're working on now and you want to promote, please do so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll be one game behind, but uh, I'm thinking. I don't know when you guys are going to put this out. Maybe two games behind, but definitely please go check out my OB article. Uh, put some hours in on that one would mean a lot. Uh, I do want to shout out and he's not paying me to say this, but I think this dude is cool as fuck. Conrad Rothbaum. He does Knicks illustrated on Twitter. I got this hoodie. It's got the cream floater or the yeah. Cream floater, the Jordan fadeaway. And I got the quickly floater right there. It's a sick hoodie. Go hit my man's up. He's got some good merch. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cologne Loring, C-O-L-O-G-N-E-L-O-R-I-N-G. I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Uh, always fun when, when the three of us get together. Uh, we will definitely be on the lookout for that talented artist as well. We hope everybody is staying safe, and we will talk to you guys soon.